Today we have come to the Feast of the Presentation of the Lord. And traditionally, this day, 40 days after Christmas Day, has been the conclusion of the Christmas season. Indeed, it was only about five years ago that the Vatican started taking down their Christmas decorations before this day. And so this day we come back to a theme that we were hearing in those celebrations back a few weeks ago. And that is the theme of light. And so back at midnight mass on Christmas Eve, we heard the prophet Isaiah say, the people who walk in darkness have seen a great light. And then in the daytime mass on Christmas Day, we heard the apostle St. John tell us about how the true light was coming into the world and about how the light shines in the darkness. And 12 days later, the Feast of the Epiphany, we celebrated how the Magi were able to find the Lord, the newborn King, led by the light of the star. And we heard again the prophet Isaiah say, Upon you the Lord shines, nations will walk by your light. And so we come to this feast today, when... The old man Simeon says in his prayer, in the hearing of Mary and Joseph, that the baby that they hold in their arms is a light for the revelation of the Gentiles. And so it is that we often call this day Candlemas, and we often bless candles upon this day. As we remember again in completing this Christmas celebration, that our Lord Jesus is the light of the world. But why is it that on this day, 40 days after his birth, that Mary and Joseph brought Jesus to the temple. Now, in answering this, we can give two answers. One is at the basic human level of what they were doing, and the other is at the divine level of what was going on in God's plan. At the human level, Mary and Joseph were fulfilling the prescriptions of the law that the Lord had given to his people. Two prescriptions, in fact, at once. One of them was the requirement that the firstborn son, who had been dedicated to the Lord, needed to be redeemed. And this redemption originally was accomplished by giving five shekels to any priest. But after the return from the Babylonian exile, it seems that the custom developed of actually bringing this firstborn son to the temple itself to present him to the Lord as a sort of sacrifice. Now the second prescription they were fulfilling was the need for a mother after she had given birth to receive ceremonial purification. And after the birth of the son, son, this was to take place 40 days after the birth. She would come to the temple and she would bring a sacrifice for her ceremonial purification. And so it is that both of these were being fulfilled 40 days after his birth. Now, if we think about it, it might seem a little strange. After all, the one who was to redeem the entire world did not need to be redeemed himself. And she who was more pure than all of the human race from her immaculate conception did not really need purification. But nevertheless, to faithfully fulfill the requirements of the law was what they were after much as Jesus would say to John the Baptist, let us do this to fulfill all righteousness. 
And then in this way, we see that Mary and Joseph were among those called in Hebrew the Anawim. That is, those little, poor, faithful people within the people of Israel. They were not the ones who had power and were compromising with the Roman Empire, nor were they the ones who were following after the ways of a foreign culture, nor were they the ones who were publicly falling into sin. No, they were continuing to believe, continuing to pray, continuing to follow the Lord quietly and faithfully, awaiting the fulfillment of his promises. And in the coming of the Lord to the temple that day, their prom- those promises were being fulfilled. And in fact, in a way far greater than any of them would have ever expected. And that brings us then to the second set of reasons, which has to do with what was going on in God's plan. We heard in the first reading from the prophet Malachi, the Lord himself will come to the temple. The temple had been the primary meeting place between God and his people. Within the temple, there was the holy place and there was the holy of holies. For a long time, it had contained the Ark of the Covenant, long associated with the presence of the Lord as a sort of throne. And at times in its history, there could be seen what's called the Shekinah, the the cloud that revealed the presence and glory of the Lord. But for all of the ways the Lord had been present in the temple before then, none had ever compared to what happened that day when God himself, God the Son, the second person of the Trinity, made man, was carried into the temple just 40 days old by Mary and Joseph. Then, in a way that far surpassed the past, the Lord came to his temple. And the way that this beating took place in the temple was especially through sacrifice. People would bring sacrifices, animals or other kinds of sacrifices, to the temple and would offer them to the Lord with the help of the priests. And in coming to the temple that day, our Lord Jesus had arrived. He who would be the perfect and eternal high priest, the perfect mediator between God and man, who would surpass any previous priest. And the sacrifice that he would offer as that perfect high priest would be himself. Himself, perfectly pure, his precious blood, a far more worth than any sacrifice that had ever been offered. On this day, in a sense, he was offered to the Father by Mary and Joseph. Some 33 years later, he would be back, back to Jerusalem, back to offer himself as that perfect sacrifice, the eternal high priest, offering himself to the Father for our purification, for our salvation. And so it is that we gather this day to remember that glorious event when he was brought to the temple and to celebrate it with gratitude to him. At this holy mass, he will be present just as he was present that day in the temple. At this holy mass, he as the eternal high priest will again offer himself as the perfect sacrifice to the Father. And here in Holy Communion, he will give himself to us to receive him like Simeon, but not just into our arms as amazing as that was for him, but into our bodies and into our souls. So indeed, 
we may pray with joy, as Simeon did that day, recognizing that the Lord's word has been fulfilled, that our own eyes have seen his salvation, that truly our Lord Jesus is a light for revelation to the Gentiles, that he indeed is the light of the world.